more people on this planet need to start being owning who they are instead of trying to hide behind some type of facade or social media or trying to be something that they're not because this world needs more authenticity. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Karine Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome, everybody, to your Badass Journey podcast. Today, I have Lauren Koenig as my guest. She is the CEO and founder of TWIP, Travel with Interesting People. And if you're someone that loves to travel, but sometimes cannot find the right people to travel with, that is what TWIP is all about. Lauren satiates her hunger for discovery as traveling herself and found that there was a gap in the market in helping people connect with other like-minded folks that travel in interesting ways or you know, have their own habits that they love to find alignment with to explore new places. So TWIP is a service that allows you to do that. And it's really cool. And I know you'll go check it out after hearing from her today. If you're someone that's looking to connect with others and create new experiences together. What I love about today's conversation with Lauren as a CEO of a startup, we talk about how we manage through stress, how we connect with others, and how we stay focused and disciplined in building the business, especially when it's on a technical platform that really is meant to service the end customer. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation and be inspired by Lauren's really amazing enthusiasm towards what she's doing in order to help you go after what it is that you truly want. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to your Badass Journey podcast. And today I have Lauren Koenig. Welcome, Lauren. Hi. Happy International Women's Day. Oh, that's true. We're recording on International Women's Day. Well, of course, I have to have a badass like you on my show because we are a new connection through an amazing friend. And I, once we met, I was like, I got to have you on my podcast because you're doing all the things that I know my listeners will benefit from hearing about, but also connecting with you on. So first question I always love to ask is, you know, share for you to share in your own words, your badass journey that got you to where you are today. And you can go as far back as you'd like, but truly just so our listeners understand more about your journey and what decisions you made to launch your own business and come into the CEO role you're playing today. Oh man, my badass journey. Well... I appreciate that someone thinks it's badass because sometimes it's a little bit more difficult than we like to even admit to ourselves because you you build up this resiliency. You have to as an entrepreneur. And if you don't build up this resiliency, you just you cannot be an entrepreneur. There's a, something in our DNA that just allows us to, you know, continuously day by day um, wake up every morning and know that we can't stop. It's 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 like this drug that we're on. And my father is very entrepreneurial. He has that spirit. And I think that's where I got that from. But you know, I never knew what my journey would look like. But I remember as a small child, knowing that I had that in me, like that kind of toughness, you know? And I think a lot of it was because of the way I was raised. My dad was, you know, extremely tough on me in certain ways. And uh, and I mean the fact that he never babied me. I always joke with him and I'm like, did you think I was going to be a boy? Like, did you actually think like the color blue was coming out when I was born? Because he, you know, was the kind of man that at Christmas time, he would be like, you know, here's your manual for the camera we bought you. And I'm like, well, show me how to use it. He's like, well, no, here's a manual. Enjoy. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. He dropped me over some practice. He'd be like, just do it. You know, do it to your puke. Make it happen. That's his favorite. I don't care. Just make it happen. You have a $200 AT&T bill this month. It needs to be fixed. I don't care. Make it happen. So I really kind of built up this grit 
uh, as a kid because I just wasn't babied. And by the time like my brother and sister came around, I think my parents had a little bit more patience, a little bit more will to kind of <laughs> nurture them. And I felt like I was thrown a little bit more to the wind. And a lot of my resilience uh, comes from being a swimmer. I actually just got off the phone before this podcast with one of my best friends in the wide world, uh, D.B. Wolverton. She was a college roommate of mine and a swimmer. And we were just talking about Happy International Women's Day. How you doing? catching up. And I was like, thank God we were swimmers because it has built so much resiliency in us um, and the ability to just wake up every day and know what's ahead of you and being like, okay, I know what's going to happen. I know you know, what I have to swim, what I have to go through, the, the forest that I have to trek through, but I'm, but I'm still going to do it. And we're really blessed that that was something that our parents put us in at, at a young age. And we stuck through it all the way through college. And and so I think being an athlete uh, has this has given me this type of competition. And also, I always joke too, as a swimmer, you don't talk. You're like underwater all the time. So you think all the time and you're a visionary and, and you're constantly you know, thinking of these stories and talking to yourself and blowing bubbles and singing. And like, you're such a wackadoo underwater because... You're literally underwater, you know, six hours a day with these practices, especially in your older years when training gets harder. So I think in the in my younger days, that's truly the foundation of who I am today. I didn't know it, I didn't accept it, I didn't embrace it until a lot later in my age. And but I'm just very thankful. I'm at a point in my life where I'm very thankful of who I am. Uh, also, I think. Uh, you know, when it comes to my company specifically, I've told this story on stage, but I don't know if I've ever told it on a podcast. The reason why Twip was born was because of a box of cereal. So my family has a summer home up in Canada. It's uh, two hours north of Toronto in the lake region called Muskoka. And we have a log cottage on an island. Um, and the lake is called Kashi Lake. And it's Ontario, but still everything has to be written in French. And so every morning I'd be sitting there eating my shreddies, which are totally Canadian and I love them. And I'd be like reading the back of the cereal box and I'd be like, what the heck is this? Like, you know, I, I, this is not English. And I'd be like flipping the English side and the French side, trying to match the words. And it didn't make sense. Like, why is grape raisin? And like, I didn't know I was seven. And so I remember asking my mom all the time, like, mom, what does this say? And she just finally lost it. She's like, I don't know. I don't speak French. If you want to learn how to read the back of their cereal boxes, you need to go learn French. And I was like, well, fine, I'll go learn French. So like my whole life, I had this obsession with French. And by the time I got to high school, according to the NCAA rules in college, you had to have two years of a foreign language. And my mom's an artist. So I was just, you know, submerged in art classes. And I was like, oh crap, now I need to go learn French. And so I ended up taking French classes and fell in love with it. And then in college, as a journalism major, I continued, I was like, you know what? It's really important for me to speak a second language. I'm just going to continue on with French. And so that's how the curiosity of what does the cereal box say, like I have to know what it says, drove me to learn a foreign language, which and then after college, I was like, well, I'm going to go to France. And so then I tapped into the French club and no one would go with me. Uh, or my friends, I would ask my friends, like, who wants to go to France? And no one would go. They're like... I'm broke. I have a job. I'm pregnant. I'm getting married. Like I hate the French. Like no one wanted to go with me. So I tapped into like-minded people, which was the French club. And they convinced me to not go to France, but they actually convinced me to move there. So like graduation day, I, you know, was waiting for a response from the application, you know, an application from the French government. And everyone's like, so what are you doing after college? And I'm like, um, my A, B, C, and D plan is all in one basket. And if I don't get this application acceptance to France, I have no freaking clue. And fortunately, I got accepted, moved to France, worked the French government. And that's where it kind of piqued my love for people and culture and just things that were different than my mid-American white, 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 you know, neighborhood and home. And that is kind of how... I got into the world of travel. I went to school for to be a journalist, to be a reporter, which is again a lot of you know who I am today and that curiosity. But where I am in my career when it comes to you know people and understanding them and different cultures is truly because I was so frustrated that I didn't understand something and I did whatever it took, whether even though it was 15 years to go and understand something 
that I was just terrified from. And uh, now I consider myself a fluent French speaker, even though when I showed up on my first day out France, you know, I couldn't understand a lick. I mean, I was like crying right. in the park to some homeless guy. <laughs> <laughs> what an image <laughs> for your beginnings in France. <laughs> Ridiculous. So that's long story short. That's kind of, I think, what launched my, my direction in the travel industry. Yeah. So tell tell folks about the now, like how you've created TWIP and how you got to the point of launching this new business. Because I would rather you explain, you know, what TWIP is all about so that we get it right. 100%. I mean, TWIP, uh, you know, stands for travel with interesting people. Thanks to my awesome buddy, Bo Roberts, who, you know, had a Southern draw on a list at one time and no longer has either, but looked at me one day and he's like, why don't you just go on a trip, travel with interesting people? I'm like, you're not getting equity. And I'm patenting to that right now. <laughs> <I love laughs> Thank it. you very much. <laughs> like, check and check. And so I'm always gracious to him for coming up with that. And that's like, people are interesting. I mean, everyone has a story. Everyone is beautiful on the inside. We all have, we all come from some place. And I think that everyone has a story to tell. And so you know, I really started to study travel behavior back in when I worked for the International Kitchen. That created, uh, we created cooking vacations to France, Italy, Spain, and Mexico mm. uh, back in 2008-9 in Chicago. Yeah, real tough job. Mm. Brutal. Had to travel mm. to Italy, eat salami all the time. Like, yeah, that's oh, my yeah. dream right there. You just like coined my Horrible. dream. <laughs> <laughs> my boss would call me in and be like, morning, I need to talk to you. And I'd be like shitting my pants like, oh my God, I'm getting fired. She's like, I need you to go to Rome tomorrow. And I'm like, uh, don't twist my arm again. <laughs> like, right. Ciao. So that was a really great time in my life in my 20s to travel back and forth. And every day someone would call in on the phones and be like, Lauren, I have no one to go with. Or what is this like? Like they had no insight into the trips that they were going on. And they were very lonely. I mean, it, we, there was an older demographic, probably like 35 plus. And it broke my heart that these people, you know, these specifically women actually didn't have the, the confidence or the ability to go travel and because they, they didn't ha- they didn't have anyone to travel with. I mean, loneliness is a paralyzing fear. I mean, it plagues all of us at some point in our life. And it's something that I started to, to understand as I would be speaking to these women all the time. And then I ended up moving to New York City and I started doing events and started doing trips and bringing people together and just really matching people based on who they were when they were away from home. And because everyone has a travel behavior, everyone is different away from home. I mean, like I am such a regimented person when I am in New York City, I work, I work out, you know, I'm very healthy. When I like travel, I'm just a goddamn shit show. I'm just like, forget it, forget the diet. I don't bring my gym shoes. I don't work out. Like I talk to everybody. I mean, like everyone has their own travel behavior. And so after understanding that, I realized that there needed to be a place for people to connect based on their travel behavior and have access to experiences and content that they cared about as well as being able to connect to like-minded people. And so that is where our first product was, was to travel with interesting people. And we connected people to content experiences and travelers based on your travelality. So we actually trademarked and patented um, an algorithm that helps people understand who they are as a traveler, as well as be able to kind of Netflix, Spotify them um, experiences. And we... In the midst of that, while we're fundraising, and it's a large product, we need a critical mass. Um, you know, we actually need a proper round of funding, even though we've raised a significant friends and family, and we've done so much up to this point. We stripped the technology out of our core product, and now we offer businesses uh, this algorithm to help them understand their 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 consumers better. So um, people are happiest when they travel, and people spend the most money when they travel. And so um, if you can help a business understand who their consumers are away from home and in this travel mentality, you can then market to them in a more specific way to get them to become a more loyal customer and or to um, actually turn and become a customer uh, at all. So there's 10 travelities. You can be a percentage of some or all. And we give reporting to these businesses, uh, specifically travel companies. Um, and this can work for any consumer product to then alter their marketing on how to talk to a specific travelality. So that's, yeah, that's it's a lot, but that's kind of really what we're with the gist. 
So no, I love it. I um because it is so as a traveler, right? Like I literally just got back from LA. I've been going, you know, back and forth to the both coasts lately, and I need to book some international travel myself and get that going. But I could totally see how the the platform you've built and the insights that you have and the ability to like really connect with the consumer who is traveling for brands and um, other businesses to take advantage of as well. So that's a really cool, expansive model for your business. Like um, I'm excited for you for that because it's so needed. Like we are inundated so much with information these days and a lot of a lot of crap we have to sift through, you know? So I'm I'm also finding when I'm working with my clients that like when we we streamline what the user experience should be for the brands to get the most impact it it insights matter you know 100% we were actually on the phone with a global OTA um a couple of days ago and actually personalization is the one thing that they are unable to fulfill it's a travel company and at actually at focus right conference which is yearly in the states in november every year um this past year 2018 the one thing that came to surface that was missing the most was personalization and travel. I mean, Spotify can tell you what music to watch. Netflix can tell me what shows to watch. Uh, but when it comes to travel, I mean, tra- what does travel mean? What you go from one place to the other? I mean, travel yeah. is the most like, it's like I breathe air. Like it's yeah. an annoying word. It kind of drives me crazy. Um, and I'm trying to help brands really understand what travel means yeah. uh, because we all have these different reasons for it, especially when you take away the elements of time, destination, and price. If you you can then put these travelers and these people into buckets of what their burning gut reason for traveling is in business and family, like none of that matters. It's no. really there's you know what are the ten personas um, that you you have inside of you that make up your entire travelality composition. So our company really is focusing on personalization of travel, and there's still a human element to it as well, which is something all, that should always be around in travel. I mean, travel should not be 100% AI. Travel should not be 100% you know, where you take that human element out of it because there's so much information out there inside of people that are travelers that people just don't know about. And we need a better sharing system as well. Yeah. Um, so it's a really segmented, you know, fragmented, saturated industry. I kind of always joke like, travel's like the travel agent aunt donna with a beehive that's smoking in her kitchen with like a big like mole above her lip and and, you know the yellow walls dripping with nicotine while you know (laughs) doing your old doing your itinerary degrees for you you know what i mean and like that's not what travel is anymore we need you know these young people are on the ground things change quickly um you know bus schedules change ferry schedules change airplanes you know airlines travel um, through different cities like it's such a, a quickly evolving quote, travel industry, that we need people to kind of help keep that industry um, upbeat and on top of things, as well as that element of personalization for what the hell you want. So as a you know travel professional, I still get overwhelmed looking for sure. travel. Like I just want to like, I just usually just grab a martini and just get in front of the computer. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Because yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It can be very painful. And I, I'm also finding that with um, the way just everything is marketed and sold to you lately. It's like, you just don't know what to believe either. Right. And, and there's such a high expense now to travel that the investment, you want to make sure the experience is on the other side. Right. Like, and, and so it's the, it's knowing that you're actually making the best decisions for the experience you want to have. And then, trusting that where you're putting the your money um, and building that connection. Like I personally love... So I love that you did um, cooking tours because that's literally what I always look for every time I travel because it's the one way I feel like I can connect with the local community and like cuisine. And I, so I always find a cooking class like every country I go to. And I come back with awesome. And because I'm a vegetarian, it's like so much fun to challenge these chefs. Anyone can like, I don't know, I believe anyone can go cook a piece of meat, right? But if you mm-hmm. want to make like a real meal and you want to elevate, like be a vegetarian chef and see what that's like. Like it's yeah, a whole absolutely. other level, but it's really fun to learn all different types of cuisine when we go. Point being is that, you know, the best experiences I've had in each country like have this exchange of knowledge and skill. And that's just something I look for, you know? So it's cool that you're 
you're thinking about not only the experience um, for the traveler, but the traveler themselves. You know, like what are they all about? What do they want to experience? And it's important for the the larger companies in travel, which you know they're they're either usually like the big kahunas or the little guys. You know, I mean, there's there's really yeah. not middle ground when it comes to travel companies. You start listening to your customer and start marketing to them in the travel mentality because like you're like no one gives a shit if you're going to market to me in my state when I'm at work. Like I need to, you to talk to me on who I am away from home. Like that's what I dream about. That's what will get me to buy an experience or to do something and, and spend that extra money because it's like once in a lifetime experience. I mean, right. so the the big guys are just missing the mark like, immensely. And I think it's just because, I mean, I'm not going to knock anyone, but they just, they're a little too big or they're moving a little too slow. And, you know, that's something that um, needs to be offered in the industry because it frustrates me. Because people still come to me all the time, like, what should I do? And it's like, okay. Yeah. Like, how is this still the same? And I'll interview them and kind of understand their travelality, which we actually have, you know, available. Like, people can understand who they're traveling, you know, what their travelality is. Um, But I can get a gist of it sometimes asking just a few basic questions um, in a conversation. And then I'm like, listen, this is who you are and this is what you should look for. And it really helps people navigate through this ridiculous world of, quote, travel, aka breathing air. Yeah. (laughs) packages and experiences for them. So, Well, I'm curious when you decided to launch this business, you know, what was, what was the exact moment that you were like, okay, I'm going to do something about this because you're very passionate about disrupting the space and making better experiences for everyone and also helping brands grow. So what was it that actually was like the, the kind of aha, this is the space I want to be in. This is what I want to lead every day. And TWIP is mine. Oh boy, that's a question. Good job on that one. Oh, you know, it was an evolution, truly. It wasn't like this smack in the face moment when it came to the company. I know that I have created something of the three things I love the most people, travel, and technology. I mean, it is a world that I, it is so hard to separate myself from work every day. And actually, it's impossible. It just like doesn't happen. So, you know, I from the journalism side of me, I love people. I love to get to know them. I think everyone's interesting, has their own story. I obviously love travel because it's changed me and it has opened up my eyes. It, I te- you know, I opted out of a master's degree in college to travel the world, to move to France, and I got more of an education there than I think I would have with a master's degree. I believe in um, self education through travel. I mean, our entire company does and technology. I mean, I love tech. I love staying on top of trends. I love making my life easier, faster, better. And there's always some downsides to tech. Don't get me wrong, but it's something that um, I'm interested in. My father's a big techie and we love gadgets and it's just something that truly interests me. So bringing all three of these things together uh, was is, is awesome. And the industry specifically in travel tech has changed so much since you know I started uh, really getting into tech travel um, was you know 2006 2007 and it's moving very very quickly and what we have access to now instead of 10 years ago is mind blowing but it's still really messy and it's still um, ha- we still have a long way to go but I think the aha moment was. I just couldn't stop bringing people together. Like I just would, ca- I kept doing these experiences of bringing friends of friends and putting these curated groups together. And it was, it wasn't a hobby anymore. It was like, I love doing this. I want to make money from it. I'm changing people's lives. I've gotten so many people to get a passport. Like if you tell me you don't have a passport, I will show up at your house with a slip and like a gift card to Walgreens to get a photo. I'm like, let's, I'm sorry. No, yeah, yes. that's all newborn babies. They don't get anything from me. They get a check to the U S department. Uh, uh, state and they get a check for a passport. Like, you know, that is, that is what I believe in. Like both my next, same thing. Like I just, that is my ultimate baby gift. So you're welcome, everyone. You can steal it. So I think like just really bringing people together. And I realized like this, there's, there was still something missing and I needed to scale that. And only the way that I could do that was tech. And there was nothing out there of high quality. It was always like these buddy matching dating sites. Like it was all Garbage. I mean, the user experience was terrible. You know, it was it wasn't a company or a brand people wanted to be a part of. I wanted to create something you know that had this national geographic feel for these mature travelers to share their experiences to motivate other people to travel. And so, I think you know what got me over the edge to actually start the company was one of my mentors uh, that I met in New York City early on in my career. 
he saw me at a hotel bar and we were talking over months, you know, for ideas and things like that. And he, I was a model at the time and he was like, you know, you're modeling to the wrong audience. I'm like, what do you mean? And I would share my ideas of what I wanted to do and what I was doing with travel and my interest in. He's like, you need to start that company. Like, I will be there for you. Like, you need to start this. Like, this is brilliant. I've never seen anything like this. And I know that you have what it takes to do it. And it's been a long journey. And he's yeah. still my mentor. He's still, you know, one of my best friends. And um, one of the, he's very tough on me. Oh my goodness. Whew. But <laughs> it's tough love. And it's the kind of love that I need. And, and I've gotten an amazing education from the people I keep close to me. And so I think that was like the moment that I decided like, all right, I'm going to do this because I just needed someone to tell me that I could. It was unfortunately like some people just need permission. I mean, I knew I could do it, but I didn't know how I would get there. And so he, you know, kind of gave me that like, all right, I'm going to be there for you. And because every day since then, he has told me, he's like, this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. And it is what I say to myself. I'm like this, you know, when I'm like hysterically snot down my face, you know, having a shit day. I'm like, this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. So just go with it, you know? Yeah. So that, there wasn't like a, a snap, but that was kind of the evolution internally of how TWIP became about. And the travel industry, ask anyone that's in travel tech, it's in a very addictive industry and it's really hard to get out of because yeah. it's just, it's this really... It's like New York City. It's like this obsessive love-hate relationship that you're like, oh, I can't go, but I want to go, but don't go, but stay, please. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love that the, the, the journey was organic in a way, but it also led to alignment for you. You know, exactly. like to, to have a, a, the, the slow whisper through your actions, like the way you were actually living your life to then have the calling show up to say, I, I actually want to solve this and I want to make it better and I want to make the experience better. And I want to bring those three things I love together to show up. In it. And even if I'm bawling my eyes out in the corner because it's hard as the CEO of my own company and, and trying to just get past that next obstacle, break through that next you know, wall to really put this out there, it makes it worth it when it's aligned. And yeah, and I love that you also have this mentorship or someone else to show up and say, I got you. Like I'm here to walk alongside you through it, push you when I need to push you and hug you when when it hurts a lot. <laughs> you know, like there's a we need all we need that, right? Like it comes in tribes sometimes, but when we have it, um I personally, when I have it from my just like these epic people in my life that when they breathe life into me, I'm like, me, really? Like me, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then I'll be like, gimme, gimme, gimme. I'll take it because we are always outpouring as leaders of our own businesses, right? Like we are meant to lead it forward. And especially when it is aligned to something we're passionate about, doubt can creep in, you know, almost every day. And so I was like, curious, I was gonna say every day, every day, every day. Okay, every day. So when that happens for you, just so our listeners can benefit on the methods you use to like break through it or or sit in it or you know just kind of move forward. What are the tactics you use when you're you're facing doubt or challenge or you know just seeing a growth spurt ahead of you and you know it's going to be painful, but you still push through. What are the things that that you do to stay in that discipline you talked about earlier and that resilience that you have? So this is going to sound so weird, but so I was a swimmer, right? Yeah. And I'm an Aries. So I'm a fire sign. So water calms me. I take like six showers a day. If I'm stressed, I will just like sit in the bathtub and like, I just, shower. Like I will, I need to be in water. It's like yeah. the weirdest thing. So that's kind of my meditation where I like, I'll make it scalding hot or super cold, or I'll like sit in the bath or I'll do a bubble bath. I'll do candles. I'll, I'll read, I'll listen to music. I'll dance. Like I just need water on me. And it's something like, you know, even if I don't even need to take a shower again, I'm like, and I'm just feeling so overwhelmed. Like I will just go in the shower. Like it's the weirdest thing. And it's something that I've, I do more of as I get older because it's like, it's actually something that I teach in some of my productivity classes is that if your life is super hectic outside and it's not organized in a certain way, then your shower time, which should be used for creativity and vision, 
because everything you do in the shower, you don't need to tell yourself to do. Like, do you ever like shampoo your hair twice on accident because you're just everything's like in, you know, you just, it's your free flow state. So if your life is chaotic, like it's a good signal of that is if you are thinking about your to-do list in the shower, that is the one place that you should be super creative and super visionary. Like Twip was born in the shower. Yeah. Trevenality was born in the shower. All of my best ideas were born in the shower or the bathtub. It's so weird. Because again, like I said, as a swimmer, I was underwater half my life and that's yeah. just where I come up with my ideas. And so I recognize that. So a lot of people will write and a lot of people will go to the gym and like sometimes I'll do that, but it's not as effective as just taking a time out, like going, you know, if I had a pool in my backyard or something like that, oh my God, I would have a floating desk. I, I yeah, would be like, yeah, totally. Rubber, rubber ducky <laughs> sitting there with my waterproof laptop or something, a plastic Ziploc bag working in the water. So it's something that I do. And it's, um, it, it's just, it's the only way that I can allow myself to be alone too. It's kind of like you're just vacuuming yourself without being like in bed or depressed or something. Cause that's just like a, like a state when you're like in bed, it can be like this kind of negative energy, but in the bathtub, it's like cleanliness. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's calming. And then it's also like, you can't, you can't reach for those common distractions either when yeah. you're, when you're underwater or, or in the shower, like you can't just like grab your phone and go like waste your time on Instagram or whatever to try and calm your mind. But then you're just adding more information that, that yeah. really starts to shut it down. So I love that it's water. And I'm also an Aries and a fire sign, my, my, my friend. So um, I had to, it's funny because you brought up a method that I started to use, which my Reiki master introduced to me and she would make me just sit in my meditation at times when I was going through overwhelm or felt some discomfort. And I would have to embody my in, inside, like I would have to imagine it um, surrounded by water and like surrounded by like a calming flow of, of water, just like around all my organs, around all my inside, like from the bottom up through my head. And it was this amazing release I would find when I did that. It just like calmed my whole body because my fire sign... Definitely leads me most of the time. That's why I get get that shit done, right? But it's still to enjoy it and to be in the moment and also face the difficult challenges. Like, you know, we are, yes, we are resilient, but we also need to fill our own cup, you know? So I love that you you found methods to do that so that you can show up in a creative mind versus a reactive one. Because that's, that's what balances it out. So that's beautiful. Yeah, I think also, you know, being in in the water being, you know, away from distractions, like you have to feel like you can't run away from your feelings. So like, if you're crying, like you're howling, you know what I mean? Like you just, I just sit with my emotions and I get it out. Yeah. I used to try to hide that and bottle it in. And one of my friends around my 30th birthday, she's like, girl, you're 30 now. You just need to own yo shit. She's like, cellulite. Do you like dark chocolate or light chocolate? Like do you drink martinis for breakfast? Like you need to own it. And so I just started to own my emotions sitting with things a lot longer than is comfortable sometimes. And I mean, we're all human. And I, you know, I think being vulnerable is, is something one of people, you know, people's greatest gift to each other is vulnerability. And I think you also need to be vulnerable with yourself. And um, I will just kind of sit in that emotion until I'm tired of it. And I feel like I have felt all of it. And um, it's like I said, it's definitely something that you know, when I work from home where I travel, sometimes it's easier to jump in the shower like 10 times a day if I'm like really in that mental, you know, having that mental chaos. But also, like I said, you know, going to the gym too, you know, making sure you stay on top of your exercise is really important. Um, I always, you know, I'll call a mentor or two or someone that I just know is it's a judge-free zone because I'm, I talk through my emotions as well. I don't always bottle them up. So I, I obviously can talk and I will call people that are outside of my business, people that know me and in, in my in my vulnerable state that have known me for a long time that know who I truly am on the inside and just be like, you know, do you have time that I can just talk to you and just word vomit, you know, or get some good advice. And, you know, all scales, I, I just, you know, I'm not a daddy's girl, but I'll call my dad because he's pretty real with me. And that's something that, you know, he, he puts into perspective for me really quickly because he's known me since the day I was born. So he'll always be like, you know, Sometimes he's nice and, and sometimes he's like, suck it up. Are you kidding me? He's like, you're the most resilient person I've ever met in my entire life. He's like, please, you know, like just hearing that person that knows you that well, kind of just laugh in your face in a way, like nicely laugh in your face that like, please, like you're, you've no idea how strong you are. Like just go wallow in your shit and like 
rise above because you will totally crush this. Like it's nice being able to hear that or have someone remind you. So when people call me or um, any of the you know startups or young entrepreneurs that I mentor, I always try to be there for them because sometimes just picking up that phone can just change someone's entire month. And so kind of going back to mentorship, it's one of the greatest gifts I have ever received in my life. And I actually, I have no idea where I would be if I didn't have my mentors in my life. And so I really try to pay it forward and I enjoy it as much as I see my mentors enjoy it. And I wish more people had access to mentors and I wish more people were willing to to mentor uh, entrepreneurs or young men and women. So it's just something I'm super, super grateful for. You know, it's it's amazing because I find that if I didn't have that tribe of people to lean on, you know, and and just say, hey, like this is just I'm having those a moment, <laughs> you know, let me talk it out. Let me yeah. or like breathe life back into me. Remind me that this is I love saying this to folks who reach out to me in that state of mind, too, is just this is a small moment in your super large life. Like yeah. just to give perspective for me, because that's what worked. But also when I when I breathe that into others as a mentor, as a coach, as a advisor, whatever you, whatever you want to title it, it's truly just that that voice you need to hear when you're going through it. And I love that you have that for yourself. And I love that you lean into it, especially as a C-suite leader, you know, driving a, a really high octane business. You know, it is so important that we take that time and that we, we lean in. Yeah. It is, especially as your team grows and you have more and more people that are involved in a business. You are as a CEO, you are you are there to support your people. And sometimes I get a phone call from half of my employees just having a day or there's just something they need to talk to me about, whether it's you know company related or not. And I'm I'm happy to be there for them. I mean, obviously there's a, a line between friendship and having someone that works with you, but I think Sometimes just being human and letting your team know that you're there for them at all times, like that's the risk. Like I would never turn turn them away, and right. because I I believe you know people in my life, you know it's not always convenient for someone to be you know knocking on your door for advice or listening ear, but that that's not what this is about. It's you know being able to have that give and take relationship with everyone, um, especially inside of a business, and so. Uh, when my team, you know, they'll call me, um, and they, everyone has a lot of shit going on in their life. Like it's it's incredible, and so trying to be able to have the whole team understand and have compassion for one another, as well as um, having patience with you know someone that works with you, like what they're going through, and how you can make their life easier because they give me and our company so much as well. But it takes so much out of you. Like I feel like I am so much more mentally drained um, with each person that comes in into a company. You know, you this another character that comes in, another life that you're responsible for, and it's really exhausting. And there are days where I just like I, I'm, I'm just I go take a shower. <laughs> like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You have to submerge yeah. and, and rinse it all off. You know, yeah. like I, I'm a highly responsible leader as well, and 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 I, I always wanted to humanize. You know, the the work. You know, that's the people part that you and I are very passionate about. And I think it's really great that you recognize the moments where you need to refill because you're you're giving you know so much to make sure everyone else is taken care of as the leader of your business. And and I love that you also find ways to empower them. You know, so because the more we we groom our teams to feel empowered in their zone of genius, in their greatness, in their like skills and abilities and like recognize them for the amazing uh, work they're doing, but also then show them the areas that they can grow into, the areas that they need to um, improve upon and understand what's going on in their lives as to like why this is all happening this way. I think it's it's really cool that you have that awareness because it makes a big difference on who stays with you, who grows with you. Right? I'm not perfect at it. I mean, I have a lot of work. We all have it to do, yeah. But it is, um, and it's something you know where you're having a crap day, and all of a sudden you're deflecting like on your team, or so, you know you could be a little bit more gracious, or you're just like, man, you know, it's like it's it's like it's like being a mother. You know, what I mean, you have this responsibility to 
to lead by example. And so I have to be so self-aware. So I'm gracious for all of my you know, life coaches and therapy throughout the years. <laughs> and I believe in all that because self-awareness, I think, is the one thing we lack the most on this planet. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it is. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, I, you know, I really appreciate you sharing a piece of of yourself with us today. And I'm curious, what what is the next step for TWIP? Like, what are you focused on now, and and where are you trying to take the business? We're really trying to onboard clients right now and really get feedback from them. I mean, so far so good, but you know, biz dev and reaching out to businesses that can, you know, value our product, you know, that can see value from our product, as well as being able to, you know, raise capital on the side. Like that's always hard because it's a full-time job and you still have to run a business and it's one of the most exhausting things in the world. I mean, I love it, but I hate it at the same time because it's it's like I enjoy building product and building things that people love instead of going out and raising money because it's really distracting. And most most entrepreneurs... most creators are that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and so you know we're we're still trying to you know get to that point where we're revenue generating and being able to kind of fill back into the full B two C vision. Um, we you know this is a big vision. We've always known that, but. You know, we have done so much with such little resources, and that's what people don't understand. Like we, you know, when you look at a company, try not to be so judgmental because, like, everyone is putting so much into it, especially when it's a startup and leaving your own life. You have kids, you have a family, you have responsibility, and you're also having a second child, aka the business, um, and being able to grow it. You know, we're bootstrapping this company. I mean, truly, even though we've raised a friends and family round, we're still bootstrapping it. And um, it is very difficult to raise capital. I have a minority team. I mean, we are. I have a female tech co-founder. You know, we have African American, we have Latino, we have Indian on our team. I mean, it is. I have mostly women. It's we're a minority team, and it's it's difficult to raise money in my. You know, being a minority, it's a beautiful thing. But um, if you look at the statistics right now, getting in the door and being able to raise money, um, then not a lot of capital goes to women-led ventures, and so. Um, that's something that we're up against, but I know it'll it'll will break through eventually um, because the people that believe in us and that have stuck by us really have bought into us and really believe in what we're doing. Um, and so, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, but we've also actually been approached for a TV show as well. So we have a producer that's shopping um, a, a TWIP television show um, to a whole bunch of networks. So maybe that'll take off. Would be really cool if it did. So that's about really interesting people that are strangers traveling to um, these exotic destinations for once in a lifetime changing experiences. And they're all connected based on their travelality. So um, I think that like we did a lot of prelim shooting and I, it's, it's so awesome. And everyone is so interesting when you hear their travel stories and what their, their habits are and things that they like and dislike. You're like, this is why I started the company in the first place. Like it's really fun. And with my TV background, that's something that I would love to see come to fruition for everyone to understand what the TWIP brand is and what it means at its core. Uh, but then again, you know, you never know what can happen. So we have tons of things going on, um, but we're mostly focused on onboarding clients and making sure that we provide value with our, you know, travelality technology and um, being able to, you know, end the year with raising some capital. So everything moves slower than, you know, I want it to. Um, that's another daily struggle of an entrepreneur is just being able to get through each day uh, with patience. I actually have the word patience with a label maker on my computer, on my keyboard, because I want to lose my shit every day. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, sometimes, you know, it's... Uh, if I don't know if you ever saw the talk with um, Tom Bilyeu, but it's an F patience talk. And so there are people out there that that are okay with not being patient. And so if it's not your thing, <laughs> like go for it. Because honestly, your impatience is actually what has fueled you to create the business you have, right? And that's yeah. totally badass because it's like, it's got you where where it is. But I love that maybe it's patience with certain people or patience mm -hmm. here and yeah. there, but not... You, we can't be patient all the time. Then nothing happens. <laughs> right? Like so... Exactly. But I love that. And I love that you brought up the the funding dilemma that tends to be out there now. A lot of female founders are dealing with trying to find the right um, people willing to invest in, you know, businesses led by women. And it's it's an interesting dynamic. And 
I know it's going to shift. Like I have this sense of the shift happening. It's just about us as as women also continuing to put that ask out there, like continuing to try and knock down those doors to find those valued investors that are willing to be all up in our business and like help us take our take things to the next level. And I, I'm sure they'll show up for you because I know how resilient you are. You'll keep asking. <laughs> women, that's the one thing women need to start learning to do is they need to start asking. And it that's drives right. me absolutely bananas because, you know, I've I've mentored a couple accelerators and I've just, you know, getting to know female founders. I mean, they're some of the most badass people I've ever met on this planet. I mean, it's like why didn't I get the memo sooner? Like, like I'm a woman myself. Like, why didn't I know this? And especially when women in business, I mean, they can, you know, pat their head and rub their belly at the same time with no problem. I mean, like they can run a family, they can run a household, they can run a business. And I just, they're so, they're so amazing. And some of the most amazing people I've ever met are, you know, female founders of companies, these visionaries. But the one thing that I see that's most common is that between men and women, and again, this is generalization. So I don't want to be completely ignorant, but women are really tough on themselves. Oh yeah. Girl talk. I'm just like, listen, girlfriend. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the empowerment that, that we need to be giving to our sisters is so important because some of the talk, the self-talk that I hear, it's like, you wouldn't say that to your best friend. So why are you saying it to yourself? You know what I mean? That's right. Right. And we're really working through this, this mind shift, I think in, um, being a woman in today's society and you know we're just breaking you know breaking through with you know more funding and more support and it gets so much freaking pr it's ridiculous and it shouldn't because it should be the norm like it's that's right. where my right. my impatience lies um but at least it at least it's really progressing um but it's it's really lovely to just you know have women come up to me and they'll be like oh remember me or you know like being able to empower them because that's the one thing that i feel that other females and men have done in my life, you know, not inspiring, uh, not motivating, but like straight up empowerment. Like, yo, you have a Wonder Woman, you know, logo tattooed on your chest already. Like, don't you know this? And helping right. them to see themselves in that mirror. Like, what mirror are you looking in? Because you need to look at it this way. And so I don't have a lot of tolerance for shit talk, um, self shit talk and all that. Like, if you call me and you want some advice, like I will listen, but I will give you that opinion. I will be straight up with you. Um, I'm a no bullshit kind of girl. Most people know that. And that's why they call me. They want that tough love because I'll give it to you. And I'm really tough, but it's also... It's, I don't have any tolerance for that self-hatred because that is something that um, I'm sick of seeing women do to themselves and they need to be a lot more kind and loving to not only each other, but to themselves. And I think when women go through that period where they are actually able to put the work in to kind of have that transformative experience, the woman that comes out on the other side is so cool. And the stories that I see where you just see that mind shift in a woman and her ability to believe in herself is so awesome. And it's just the best feeling in the entire world. And um, I just I just love to see it happen more and more. And um, I think that's something that... Uh, that's why I would never go back to eighth grade. That was the worst. <laughs> Junior high is so awful. We're so mean to each other sometimes. And the woman is like, you know, when you're in your older years, you're like, that's all we have with our sisters. You know, like we, we need to be able to have someone to lean on and understand what we're going through. I mean, being a woman is, is not easy sometimes. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but <laughs> you know, I mean, we just, we got, I don't know. I just think we're all yeah. I, you know, I do. I and and what you just brought up is that it's a conformed state of mind from a young age that stops us from being who we're meant to be now. You know, so doing that work to really like dig into why am I hesitant? Why am I not asking? Like, what? Where do I have doubts? Where did they come from? And actually realize that those stories are not happening to you today. What I loved about coming into adulthood was that I had a freaking choice. To decide like who I hung out with, how I wanted to be, like what road I wanted to be on. There was no one telling me I had to be a certain way anymore. That's the right I have as an adult. I get to choose. Yeah. And so doing the work to unravel and reframe stories from the past to show up in, in the greatness that I want to bring today and 
continue to learn more about myself, more about what happens when I do ask for something, how I translate the no when the no comes, you know, whatever those activities are, it it is that self-awareness that starts and the way you kind of get into an authentic stance, whether it's as a leader, individual, employee, mom, husband, you know, whoever's listening, right? (laughs) Like whenever you want to get stronger in your authentic stance, it's to question what stories are you telling yourself and are they true? And I love that you brought up the fact that, you know, there's the there are amazing women out there that are starting to learn and put themselves out there to ask. And we just have to keep doing it. And as women in business, keep breathing light into it. And I love also the men in my community and the men I surround myself with too that also breathe life in into it as well. Like it's a, a, an even exchange. It's so much fun when you can find and create those communities around you to help you keep pushing. So right. I really love that you bring that up, Lauren. And it's just so cool to have this time with you today. If those um, listening want to connect or learn more about TWIP, where should they go? Well, you can follow me personally on any social media. I'm at LA Koenig, L-A-K-O-E-N-I-G. On, that's my handle everywhere. And then Twip Trips, that's their handle as well. T-W-I-P-T-R-I-P-S. And then you can see us at twip.co. I love it. And I love to close out my um, show with this one question. So and this, is, this will help us uh, really dial in. But how do you define what a badass is? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> you know what? I think someone who someone who's a badass can really just shrug off the negativity and and really understand who is who's speaking and and who to listen to and who not to listen to. Find the signal, ignore the noise and say fuck everyone else's bullshit. Going out there waking up every morning and being vulnerable and putting themselves out there to do exactly what they want to do and not being afraid. And if they are afraid, being able to ask for help um, and and just being that authentic self. I mean, being a badass is owning your own skin. I've got cellulite. I've got a scar in my forehead. You know what? I love to wear lipstick You know, at 9 o'clock in the morning. Like Just owning who you are is, is truly inspiring, empowering, and that's being a badass. And I think more people on this planet need to start being owning who they are instead of trying to hide with some type of, you know, behind some type of facade or social media or trying to be something that they're not because this world needs more authenticity because there's always someone out there that can relate to you. And that kind of just, um, you know, helps us be together as a society, knowing that there's other people out there that have a similar story and that can be there and that can learn from it. And so I think um, just showing up every morning with bullhorns, you know, and just knowing that I'm going to be 100% myself every day is, is really important. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me. You are such a badass. And I'm so honored that you're in my community of badass women that I get to hang out with. Happy International Women's Day. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. So. Thank you for joining me today. Before you move on to the next episode, please post a review or share this episode with someone you think would appreciate it. Your feedback and support mean everything to me. For more information, check out yourbadassjourney.com or kareenwalsh.com. I truly believe everyone is capable of living a badass life. Thank you for listening.